Welcome to Two Slices, a simple podcast with a couple of guys. I'm Sean. And I'm Roger. And we're here to serve you up our thoughts on what we're reading, what we're thinking, and what we're up to. Let's see where we go from here. Thanks for joining us for The Slice. All right, and welcome back to episode seven of Two Slices Podcast. How you doing, Sean? Good. How are you, Roger? I am doing great, man. We are seven episodes into this thing. Can you believe it? Seven already. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm telling you, I'm having fun. We're getting some good feedback, and I throw this question out to you every week, so I'm hoping you're prepared, at least this time, maybe. We'll see. But if somebody is listening to Two Slices Podcast for the first time, What in the world is this? Okay, so what this is, is this is my attempt with Roger to communicate to the world and just our friends and and people around us what we're reading, thinking, what we're up to. Um, We both lean certain ways on different topics. And quite frankly, Roger and I really, you know, we enjoy talking with one another. So what you're going to hear if you tune in is you're going to hear stuff that's going on, our thoughts about things. But you're also going to be, you know, you're going to leave with some hope. Um, you know, Roger, we both, we both carry, I talk about almost every week, just a, a Christian worldview where we see things through the lens of, of our relationship with God. And that's something that we like to leave people with too. Um, so by coming and stopping in, you're going to hear a couple slices, a couple opinions, a couple thoughts, and, uh, hopefully you walk away uh, a little bit better than you came. Awesome. I think that is great. That's a great analogy, my friend. And so then let's just jump right in this week. Okay, so on last podcast, let's back up for a second. Yep. You d- you were going to do this thing called a hero challenge yes. on a Saturday. Yep. And uh, you that's it's a CrossFit. Don't need to retread that. We yep. covered that. Just go back and listen to last week's episode. Yes. So tell me, how did the hero challenge go? Okay, so the hero challenge went really well. It turned into about a 45-minute workout, and uh, my wife and I both did it. Nice. With about, probably that day was about 75 other people there. Wow. And so it was really cool to see that many people um, kind of uh, suffer a little bit to honor our fallen soldiers. Nice. And that's something we just oh, were really so passionate great. about. So it was awesome, though. But the workout itself was super hard, super long. Uh, we did it. We survived. Um, this is the uh, second time that Rachel and I have done it together. Okay. Um, I think this is the fourth or fifth time I've done that exact workout, okay. and uh, it's hard every time. Can you give me the elevator pitch of what okay, the what workout entails? Okay, it's a one-mile run and 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, and 300 squats, followed by a one-mile run. So the wow. workout's bookended by one-mile runs, and you can break up the 100, 200, 300 part, the pull-ups, push-ups, and squats, any way you would like. Sure. So, so I did um, five pull-ups, 10 push-ups, and 15 squats. I did 20 rounds of that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then finished with the, started with a mile and finished with a mile. So. Nice. Um, yeah, it was really fun. We had a great time. Uh, and how did you do compared to your previous times? Um, you know what? I actually don't remember what I did last year. When, 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 when like doing this was really just about completing it, doing it well. Right. Um, I, this was not, this year wasn't about a PR kind of pursuit for me. Sure. About three years ago, I did it. Three years ago, I did it really hard, and four years ago, I did it really hard, um, and that was really fun. But this was different, especially doing it with my wife. We just like to actually yeah. do it together. Nice. And so we all, we finish about the same time. We start about the same time, and uh, but it was really okay. So it was really hard. And uh, Rachel has been sore for what day is it? <laughs> we for five days. I'm not kidding. Five days. 
Like she, she couldn't straight. She, she had to walk around with her arms straight. You guys can't see this. I'm doing it right now for like three days in a row. Oh, and every time my. I would hug her, she'd be like, "Ah, oh, stop it!" And, and I was like, "Oh, I'm sorry." And she's like, "No, keep doing." But you know, can you just not touch anywhere on me, basically, uh, as far as you know, when you want to give me a hug? So, but and then she got through the workout too. She did. She did a great wow. job. She's unbelievable. Wow. Yeah, she's That's unbelievable. Awesome. So, so she did a great job of it, and and we had a great time. Yeah, we had a great time. So it was one of those things. Time well spent. And, uh, you know, we're sort of looking forward to it again next year um, and also okay with the fact that it's not for a year. <laughs> so, yeah, but thanks for asking, man. It was fun. It was That's hard. awesome, man. So uh, I had a great weekend, Labor Day weekend, and uh, spent some time with the family. And I smoked a brisket over the weekend. So I love to barbecue. I don't mention a lot on the episode here. Oh, no, you're, you're the, you're but, the barbecue uh, <laughs> king, man. I don't know about that, but I did something new that I've never done before. I, I prepared this. I wasn't even going to do a brisket, and then something happened where uh, a guy coming over to the house had one delivered on a Sunday afternoon to the house here. And it ended up being just like a basic choice brisket. It wasn't a prime or nothing, just like something you'd get at a Kroger, just a real basic one, right? I was really concerned about it. But anyway, so I thought, well, I'll smoke it. You know, what the heck? Let's just do it. And so, well, What was the concern about it? The quality of meat? The quality of okay. meat, yeah. Okay. So, so that I, makes a big difference makes when you a, smoke? My experience has been it makes a big difference, so, the quality okay. of the meat. Okay. The quality of the meat and the attention to detail during the smoking process, okay. right? Mm -hmm. So anyway, I thought, well, I'll start it around 5 p.m. It'll get done around 5 a.m. I'll let it rest in, in, you know, in a cooler until about noon on Monday, and we'll eat it, right? Okay. So... I'm cooking this thing and it's like cooking really fast. I don't know if, if it's because it's a choice or what it is, but like it's 11 PM and the brisket is done. So I've got at least 12 to 14 hours before dinner time. Right. Mm -hmm. So I've heard that you can wrap the brisket. It, it was already wrapped in butcher paper, but I heard that you can let it cool to 180 internal and you can wrap it in aluminum foil really tight and keep it in your oven under warm and it, it'll stay overnight. Like overnight. Yeah. Just keep your oven on. And so what I did was, is I have a warm setting. I turned it down to 155 degrees. I kept a meat thermometer in the brisket, wrapped it super tight. And that thermometer is tied to my phone so I can monitor the internal temperature. Wow. And as long as it never goes below 140, it's food safe. Okay. You know? Yeah, yeah. So I put it in. It was 185 when I put it in the oven at 1130. 155 oven, just on warm mode, right? Shut the door. I couldn't hardly sleep. About every two or three hours, I'm up checking just it. up drooling. And it's always <laughs> around 175 to 178. It never dropped below. And so that's the sweet spot. Yeah, it's it, perfect. All night, all the next morning. And I'm thinking, then I, my fears are, oh, it's just going to dry out really bad, okay. right? It's going to yeah. be a super dry brisket. And so, well, the next day, one o'clock, we, I opened that thing. The whole family's there. My parents are there. Friends are there. It's like, and everybody's waiting for the <laughs> reveal, and I'm sweating bullets, right? Open that thing up. It steam rolls off of it. It's 175 degrees, and it literally was melt in your mouth better than any prime brisket I've ever done. Wow. Great bark, super moist. And just literally melt in your mouth. So do you attribute it to that uh, the oven trick? I think it was that long resting. I think wow. it was that. So I heard that. Instead of a cold uh, resting? 
I heard instead of in a cooler, right? Yeah. I've heard that a lot of the restaurants in Texas and stuff, the barbecue joints have these warming ovens and they cook all the briskets the, the day before and let them rest all night and serve them the next day. But I didn't know if it was true or not. Well, I'm telling you one thing. It true. turned out true. It turned out phenomenal. Wow. So I will now be cooking all my future briskets the night before uh-huh. and resting them at least 12 hours, 10, 12 hours before I serve them. So you, so we need to get you another oven, right? <laughs> a warming oven, Just right? Just a warming oven. <laughs> uh, I think I'll buy a pizza oven. That had to make that. your house smell amazing. Though, I'll do the, the house. You woke up the next morning, the house smelled incredible. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Oh, but anyway, so, so yeah, cool. that, was, that was my weekend. A lot Did of a good fun. Good time with some good friends, time, family. Good time with friends and family and my parents are headed back to Florida for the, you know, they live in Florida permanently. They're just up for the summer and uh, they're headed back. And so, yeah, it was kind of our last hurrah before we head into the fall season. You know, so. we, we did something similar on Monday. We had uh, family over and we just had a great time. You know, it's really fun having family over when, yeah. you know, came over at like one thirty, two o'clock, stayed for five, six, seven hours, just hung out, ate That's food, awesome. you know. Are you, so when we have people over, we, we overspend on food. We, we we will get as much food as possible, and it's just part of that that thing of like we just love when there's lots of food, so there can be lots of like conversation right, going on, right. you know, of like there's snacks yep. over here, the table set over there. We're gonna, you know, we we wound up uh, we did some bur- cheeseburgers and and brats, delicious. But awesome. there was That's food great. everywhere. There was like yeah. chips and salsa. There was cheese and crackers. Yeah. There was That's great. soft pretzels and like cheese dip. Like we just love it. We love it. Yeah. So yeah. We, it's just so much and, fun. And for me, it's all about, I love the presentation. I love, especially if I'm serving a brisket, I did brisket and then I did these, uh, these real basics, uh, elk, uh, these, uh, skinless, um, sausages, kielbasas, oh, yeah, but they're yeah. skinless. Okay? okay. And I smoked those for about an hour in the smoker. But then I, you know, when I got them up to temp and so I had this big wooden block and I cut, I cut the brisket in front of everybody and put it on the wooden block. And then I cut all the sausages. And so Was I had like a, rounds of applause yeah. as you cut the brisket. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's just fun. I, 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 I enjoy that whole process and really, and then seeing everybody just, just go crazy for the meat was just awesome, you know. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And everybody was full and well fed. And my mom and dad brought fresh corn on the cob they just bought from a local market. And it was just a great weekend. You know, Roger, you've been, you've traveled, you traveled pretty extensively in the U.S. Oh, yeah. But, you know, traveling around the world or different places in the U.S., just, just traveling in general, you know, I don't know if you've noticed this, but I've always been amazed by hospitality of, of different people. Yeah. So particularly going to a different country and man, the hospitality is off the charts. It's like you go into someone's home and they're going to bring you like the best linens to put down. They're going to bring yeah. like oh, any yeah. snacks that they have, like the best to bring out. And it's something here in the U S that I think we can learn a lot from, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I and, agree. And, and so, so, so Rachel and I, we both really like were impacted by that of traveling and seeing the hospitality of people, of people, um, in different different parts of the world, different parts of this yeah. country, and particularly those that, that have much less than us are so generous. Oh wow! And, and so that's so, incredible. So we just we just really love like what you're saying, like lots of food spread out because there's something there's something that happens when we become generous with our neighbor. Oh, so good, Sean. The best investment you'll ever make that I, that I feel that I make 
is in investing in the people that I share the table with. I, I won't ever have conversations like that. You know, th- those are, those are special moments, you know, and, and whether it's just keeping the conversation real simple and we're talking sports or movies or TV or whatever, or sometimes the conversations go really deep and they get into spiritual things and the Lord and, and, and church life. And, and, you know, and, and there's just, just really amazing moments. I just mm. love, I'm a people person already, and I just love those those moments together, you know? So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Me, just for those of you out there, so I can be more introverted. And so for me, I can be task-driven sometimes, even though I really love people. It's just not my default the right. way it is my yeah, wife's. Sure. So it's it's been awesome because I get to sort of practice like, like her and I go into like the next level of like what she loves. Which, which is hosting, which is having people over. Yeah. And we found it's just been really, really cool to what you mentioned, just the, the power of, of opening up your home to somebody else, you know, next door neighbor or even a friend or someone like who's an acquaintance, yeah. you bring them over your house, man, it's like they, it, it really goes a long way in relational connection Yeah. Oh, yeah. is, is, is really what, what the Bible says is practice hospitality. Right. And so, uh, yeah. yeah. And, and so, you know, just to piggyback on that just a little bit, you know, at, at the church where you and I serve, you know, I, I kind of work in the media tech department and that's just a bunch of introverts, you know, a bunch of nerds, a bunch of geeky right. people. Right. There's a reason they want to hide behind a camera because yeah. they don't have to talk to anybody. Right. You know? Right. And so it makes it really hard to build this cohesive team kind of atmosphere until, oh, at least it was for me initially until I start having them to my house cooking food for them, sitting around yeah. talking yeah. about realizing that I like movies, I like TV, I like some of the same thing. I've read some of the same books they've read. Then the, all those walls start to come down and it really built it really built something with our team, you know. Mm. And so I, I just think there's so much to be said about hospitality and 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 having people over and just that that true fellowship that was the true fellowship of acts 2 right that right. that that what we would call in the greek that koinonia that real that communion together that you know sharing a life together it's just and it's so much more prevalent in other parts of the world whereas maybe it isn't at all in, in the united states right right know? so it's it's <laughs> you know it's kind of fun being a little countercultural of yeah. like just opening up your home Oh, yeah. Right. Having people over, having the marginalized like over, having a friend over, having yeah. a family member that you think about all the time. But when's the last time you, you actually like invited them over for a meal? Absolutely. Right? Not because it's an occasion, not because it was a birthday, not, not because it was a holiday. But when's the last time you invited your close friend uh, yeah. or family over just just to spend an hour or two? Yeah. Maybe two and a half hours over a meal, have a, have a chance to build a relationship and connection. And, you know, it's really funny. It's 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 in those environments, like you said we often have opportunities to get to know people and also for for people to get to know you. And yeah. there's something powerful about that because, you know, as as followers of Jesus, it's like those are the environments that people can discover, oh, there's something different about your life. You're we're we're into a lot of the same stuff, but there's something different about your life. I remember people did that with me and and I was I was always amazed by Oh man, there's just something different about you coming into your home. I see how you treat your your spouse or your kids, or you know how how you kind of open up your your uh, your home to us. There's something really really cool that yeah. happens that um, 
man, I think we miss out on in the U.S. sometimes. Because, I think we do you know, too. Because like you know, there used to be. I, I talk about this sometimes with with a friend of mine. Um, do you remember? Like I'm old enough to remember Roger when you the way you talked to people was on the phone and you had a phone cord that was yeah. 10 foot long. It was 20 foot long. It was all windy. You had to go around the corner of it, of oh, a room yeah. to have yeah. a conversation. And, uh, you talked on the phone. It was just kind of what you did. It's how you connected with people. Yeah. If you weren't in person Yeah. now you get a phone call. What's wrong? The, you know, something must be wrong. If someone's calling, I you. know, you know, why and, didn't you send a text? Why didn't you just text me? Why didn't you <laughs> yeah, send a text or something? And, oh. uh, and, and so even talking on the phone is like a lost art form. Yeah. I, and I think know, hospitality is starting to fall into that for not careful. Yeah, I'm reading a great book right now called Meta Church by Dave Adamson. And he says that we are more connected ever in our history, and yet we're less personal than we've ever been. Wow. And so he really challenges some of those same assumptions that even in a tech-driven world, even in ministry that's tech-driven, it's still about people. It's still the same first century values that we had then. It's really, it's always going to be about people and relationships. And so, yeah, yeah so that's, that's very mm. cool, man. Very cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so we were talking this week and uh, just throwing around a couple ideas. And, you know, you mentioned, Roger, about, you know, finding out, oh, you're not that, I'm not that much different from you. You're not that much different from me. And uh, we were talking this week about some stuff and talking about the life of Moses. I'd love to hear your thoughts, Roger. So switching gears a little bit. Sure. So Moses is somebody in the Bible that um, it's really easy to uh, kind of think about what is that movie with... Uh, uh, the, the Ten Commandments, where it's like, um, you know, the plagues in Egypt and kind of the visual of who Moses is. The Bible talks about something, you know, a bit different about the person of Moses. And Moses is someone that's definitely a hero of mine. Um, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. When, when you think of yeah. Moses, what, like, what do you think of? Well, first of all, he's one of the big players of the Bible, right? I mean, I, one of the things I would love to do on this podcast is, and not necessarily every week, but on occasion, let's take some of the big people of the Bible and let's demystify them a little bit, yeah. right? And the biggest thing that sticks out to me about Moses was how normal and ordinary he was, right? even though he lived an extraordinary life, hmm. you know? And, and, I, and I look through his story, if you've ever seen The Prince of Egypt, the, the, the animated film, you know, or if you've seen Moses, Charlton Heston and the Ten Commandments yes, or Charleston whatever, Heston, you know. Yeah. yeah, and the Ten Commandments. You know, this is a guy that uh, is in the Bible, and he, the brief synopsis is he's born into uh, an Egyptian society where his people are enslaved, He's hidden in a in a in a little ark, a little boat that they put in the Nile River, and the uh, Pharaoh's daughter pulls him out and raises him in the Egyptian house as her own. But he chooses to, you know, leave and go away and leave lead eventually lead his people away from captivity. You know, back to their promised land, their mm -hmm. hope. You know. Yeah. But the thing that just really sticks out to me is that. He was really, man, he, I have so many thoughts, but you know, like when he felt the call, when he appeared at the burning bush and he, yeah. and God called him to go back, you know, he had left, he's 80 years old and he spent 40 years being raised Egyptian, now 40 years in the desert, trying to leave all that behind. 
and God calls him and he gives God like five excuses why he shouldn't be the one to do it. Yeah, that's right. And God he, refutes every one of them, you know. Right. He, he had he had at the <laughs> I'm time. Too, I'm too old. I can't talk real well. I'm not a good leader. I'm not an organizer. You know, all the stuff that we would do today. Right. And God says, "No, no. You're the you're the one I want." No, he yeah, you, he at the time had one of the most powerful supernatural pretty wild encounters with God <laughs> through a bush that was burning this, but wasn't yeah. burning up. Yeah, this bush is on fire, but it's not being consumed. And he, he was going to walk by, and then when he gave his attention to the fire, he heard the voice of the Lord. Oh yeah, and and like you said, you know, he began to say, you know, Lord, I'm not. So some of the some of the excuses he made is, I, I can't speak really well. Why would you send me? You know, send my brother. He's more qualified. Yeah. Oh yeah, send Aaron. Yeah, Aaron's your guy. And uh, you know, there's something about that that's that's really interesting. When I, when I, so I've worked in a number of different like capacities and, um, successful in some positions and just others, not as much. And, um, leading, leading teams is something I found that, that was a sweet spot for me. And uh, I remember working, um, for a financial investment firm and I was leading a, a team of about eight people. And, uh, there was, there were some high performers and, you know, like you're kind of run of the mill, like everyone's just trying to find their sea legs and then sure. some that you had to really work to, to kind of bring up to the level of standard that you want. Right. Pretty common in most workplaces. And, uh, I remember this, this one time, uh, we offered a, a position, a promotion to someone on the team and they were there for a really long time. Um, they were kind of tenured a bit. Um, but we offered them a promotion and, um, it was to a management level and they, they said yes. And they were there for probably like seven years at this point. And we offered, we had a similar position available, kind of like two positions, similar position available. We offered it to somebody who was only there for like three years and they were probably like a year and a half ahead of schedule. So like, this is something that normally you take you five years to get to. Well, they're just like crushing it. And it was really, it was really interesting sitting down sort of and seeing how both of these things played out. Okay. The one that was there for a long time said yes, you know, interviewed and said yes, like took the position. Um, and, but unfortunately never really grew after the, they didn't, they just, they really plateaued. They stepped into that role and really didn't take it anywhere. Does that make sense? Sure. They kind of serviced yeah. it, but didn't crush it, so to speak. They just didn't um, kind of take it to a new place or improve the environment. And then the one that was, uh, you know, a little bit ahead of schedule, we probably could have waited another year to offer. They took the position and just skyrocketed. <laughs> just skyrocketed. Like we were blown away by this person. Just He just took the position and just, I mean, just excelled. Um, and worked really hard, like sure. really diligently hard where the other, the other person worked as worked compliantly, like sort of did what he had to do, didn't do it bad, but didn't do overtime, didn't right. come in the mornings, right. that sort of thing. Yeah. And, and I, I say all that because of this, every single time that I have been promoted in work or in spiritual life, every time that I have promoted somebody, anytime I've seen someone moving into that, when they're about 75% ready, they're actually ready. Yeah, the person who waits till they're a hundred percent ready, Sean, so good, tends to tends to plateau. They just wait till basically like they feel overwhelmed, so they don't want to say yes until they just know everything so inside and out that it's it, it's almost no longer exciting, and they're no longer feeling like they need to work harder. 
and the the ones that are kind of feel like they're running over their skis, like, oh my gosh, like, what did I say yes to? I'm in over my head. Like, what was I thinking? They're the ones. And, and, the, and yeah. I can, you might be able to look at your own life. I can look at my life. Oh, yeah. That's actually where I grew the most is yeah. when I was in over my head. And the person who is 75% ready, 60% ready is probably more ready and positioned than they ever could imagine they'd be. Because, yeah. because why, why is that? Because it, for them to excel, they need to be really dependent. Right. And, and here we see Moses, in order for him to even do this, God's yes. like, I'm going to choose you yeah. because you don't actually have what it takes, but you're more ready than you think you are. You're about 75% ready for what I'm going to ask you to do. And I was probably more like 25% ready for Moses. But it was in that position that he had to depend on God's presence to, to, to do what he was called to do. Right. And I think that, that so when, when I think of Moses, so I think good. of someone like, like you said, just totally not qualified for this, totally Dude, not ready, this totally guy, in over his skis. Exactly. This is a guy who had committed murder and was on the lamb. He's on the run. That's right? right. Yeah. And he'd ran to the backside of the desert trying to just, he's running from his trouble. For like 40 years. 40 years. Yeah. This, gets wasn't, married, a, this wasn't a quick Gets thing. married, reboots Boots his whole life. And then God's like, no, you're the one I want. And so that, that I love what you shared. It's that, that really lets us know today that God's not waiting for you to get all your stuff together and everything perfect and everything figured out. Right. And then he, and then he wants you to be in the family. God's just like, come on, get in the family. Yep. And get dependent on me, and I'll help you figure this thing out. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Dude. I I, lo- I love the Moses when he did start to move into it. It was like he he constantly went back to God. It was like, God, are you sure? Listen, you <laughs> called me, but like I'm t- I'm doing what yeah. you said to do, and it's not working. And then it, so it was like this picture of like even when he said yes, even when we move forward with to the best of our ability, we feel like God's leading us to, to move forward in. There's still another level of dependency waiting for us. Oh yeah. You know, there's still another so level of, okay, Lord, I need to be so dependent on you and for this to work. There's so, I mean, we could do weeks just on Moses. There, there's the, the whole perseverance that he had to go how many times to Pharaoh and say, let my people go, let my people go. Nine plagues later, That's right. let my people go, yeah. right? And then, you know, there, I mean, he, he is a model of administration, I mean, he, he sets up, he's got, a, he's got a million adult males, probably two and a half million people in the desert with him, counting women and children, right? That's right, and, yeah. and he performs probably one of the greatest miracles in the Bible. He got them all going in the same direction at the same time, camping together and surviving for 40 years. <laughs> right. He went on a 40-year camping trip <laughs> with two million people that didn't want to be camping. Right. You know? Right. And so that's like the greatest miracle that, that I can see there. And then there's just so many times I just laugh because like he, he'll, he'll be fighting with God about something, arguing with God yeah. and reminding God, you know, yeah. I mean, God's, he's just ready to strike them all dead coming off of Mount, one of off of Mount Sinai. It's one of my favorite stories. You know, and, 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 and God's like, now, now remember, you're the God of Abraham. You're the God of Moses Isaac. said that to, yeah, to God. You're the yeah. God of, you're the God of Jacob. You right. know, you got this covenant. You yeah. made this promise, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and so... They had a, he and God had such a unique relationship. He met with God in a tent, hmm. you know? They hung out in a tent together on the mountain, and, and there's just so many cool things. You know, it, it's, it's, you could say that his, his, his life was a life of disappointment. He does 40 years, and he, he gets to see the promised land, but doesn't get to enter in. 
And all because he God tells him to speak to a rock and he hits the rock. Right. Now, I'm going to tell you one thing. They're just lucky that I'm not Moses, right? Because I would not have reacted very well to that situation, right? (laughs) If I'm going to miss the promised land because I hit a rock, I'm going to hit more than a rock with that staff before Mm. it's all said and done. Mm. But no, he he just said, okay, God, I I get it. I'm going to go up on the mountain and... I don't want to get too try to get too deep with this, but I'm just so convinced that when he's on that mountain and he sees the promised land, I think he's I think he literally sees right into the New Testament and shows up and sees Jesus, right? I mean, I think he he goes into the realm of the spirit where he shows up and there he is with Jesus at the Mount of Transfiguration. So much stuff about the life of Moses. The New Testament is full of of Moses references, mm-hmm. probably more than any other character in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the 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 Sadducees and the Pharisees tried to trip up Jesus, you know, with Moses. Well, Moses told us this, and Moses told us that, you know. And so there's just so yeah. much. He's yeah, such he, an interesting character, you well, know. No, you're right. In the New Testament, you know, um, the the teachers of the law, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they would come to Jesus and they would say, you know, don't you don't you agree with the law of Moses? And and at one point Jesus was like, yes. And, yeah. But if you did, you would believe in me because Moses wrote <laughs> because about me. Because he wrote about me. He wrote about me. Oh, come on now. Yeah. You know, and, and what what's so cool is Moses's life and story is so accessible. If you've never read a Bible, you're listening to this podcast and you've never even taken the time to just go to your, go find a Bible Go find, go to a hotel and get Gideon's Bible out of the drawer. They're in every one, you know. Go find a Bible, open to the book of Exodus, and just start reading Exodus 1, and you're going to get the whole story. Yeah. You're going to, over the next over the next 40 chapters, you're going to get the story of this incredible man. It's, you an, know? it's incredible. It's yeah. incredible. He, and one of the things I, I love, just kind of big picture about Moses, is he starts from the only way forward is total dependency on God. Complete. The only way to move forward, and when he said yes to the burning bush call after that, the only way is dependency. Yeah. And then kind of fast forward through towards the end of his life, uh, you know, he, up on the mountaintop, he has this huge encounter with the Lord. Oh, incredible. And, uh, incredible. Totally worthy of another whole podcast. But he comes down, and one of the takeaways after a number of things that happened is uh, the Lord says, I, my presence will go before you. And it's really interesting. Then Moses says, Lord, don't send us, don't send me anywhere where your presence isn't with us. Yeah. Don't give me any promise that's yeah. not full of you. That's so good. So so he learned over time, the invitation was to dependence and along the way, through lots of failures, through lots of, Lord, you know, going back to God, God, I try, I did what you said and it didn't work. You yeah. know, we've all been there. Like you do what God says and you feel like it doesn't work. Yeah. Moses did that over and over and over uh, all and those over stops and over again. Yeah, all those stops in the wilderness where he had to learn dependence on the Lord. That's right. Because something would happen, that the, the people he was camping with would start complaining about something, and they'd get himself into a mess or a situation, and he would have to become dependent on the Lord. It's It's such an amazing, his life was such an amazing picture of a man or a person just learning to be normal, make mistakes, 
but be dependent on the Lord, and God meets him every time. He redeems every and mistake. And redeems every mistake that he makes. And the Lord, and it's funny, God doesn't stop Moses from making mistakes, meaning he's trying to teach him every time about this. His whole life lesson was dependence on me, dependence yeah, on God. Absolutely. And over and over again, he gets better and better at it, but over and over again, he seems to go to a place that he has to go back to God and with like, God, what's going on? And God would say, do not fear. Yeah, I would say do not fear. And I think I think if I had to say something about Moses, we we'll probably totally revisit Moses. <laughs> of course, but I will. love that that <laughs> that he says at the end of his days that he was the most humble man on earth, and he finally learned I don't have to fear when I'm depending on the Lord. Absolutely. And so the lesson, the life lesson I get for us today, you don't have to def- you don't have to fear in depending on the Lord. God's going to meet you right where you're at. He'll take you right in all of your 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 um, areas where you're weak and areas where you, you feel like you're insignificant and where you're insecure. God meets you right in those places. He just wants you to be willing to walk along with him. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, man. Great conversation today. We're just literally starting the conversation about Moses. But that is going to wrap it up for this week's episode of Two Slices. So anything else, Sean? No, that's it. We'll see you guys next time. All right. We'll see you next time. <laughs>